recorded live at 4 Triple Z Studios Brisbane on 102.1 FM and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Zed Games. With 10 years experience and over 500 episodes, Zed Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture. Want to reach out? Message us on Facebook at ZEDGamesAU. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, I am Zara, and with me in the studio today is... Toby! And... Paul. And you're listening to Zed Games, uh, where we have gaming news, gaming reviews, and game interviews. Ooh, all views. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Very (laughs) exciting. Some kind of poet. (laughs) How, 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 How are we all doing tonight? I know that we're really hyped up now, but... I'm, um, I'm pretty good. I mean, you looked like you had something to say, Toby. No, I, I, I looked at you, and then you looked at me. Oh. And our eyes met It was met a real moment. Yeah, yeah, it was. I'll have to slide the chairs should I, close should together. I, like, mm. Should I give you two, like, some time? If you could just Just pump some more sonic music. Uh, that will really set the mood. I'll see what I can do. Remember when he kissed the human girl? What? <laughs> Uh, you mean okay? Of course, Lisa's theme. No, yeah, no worries. Um, I've got, I've got that over here. I can cue that up. But, Zelda um, remix. I reckon that before we allow the uh, spots to bloom, uh, we should probably listen to some news. So uh, let's get into it. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl topped the charts for release. Recent numbers out of the UK have shown that the recently released Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl games have been met with unsurprising success. For the week of their release, the games took the first and second spot in box game sale charts, while the double pack sat in ninth place. As a duo, Diamond and Pearl are now the second biggest box launched across all platforms for 2021, just behind FIFA 2022 and just ahead of Call of Duty Vanguard. Their sales aren't quite as high as Pokemon Sword and Shield, falling 26% short, but they did come out 13% higher than Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee. Updates on the Activision Blizzard controversy In its most recent move to improve public opinion after allegations of misconduct, Activision Blizzard has announced it has created a new Workplace Responsibility Committee. This move and the announcement seem to further cement Activision Blizzard's support of CEO Bobby Kotick, even after last week's shocking reveal that he has known about these allegations for years. Still, external pressure for his resignation is mounting, with demands from a group of shareholders and a second walkout from employees armed with a petition of over 1,800 signatures. According to the Wall Street Journal, despite company support, Bobby Kotick has informed senior leadership that he will consider leaving the company if he cannot fix the problems in its culture with speed. Queensland primed for gaming industry boom. In October, Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk announced the state's new 15% rebate incentive designed to draw more games developers and studios to Queensland. It is the largest incentive for any state in the country, and it is starting to pay off in big ways, with a recent announcement from Playside, Australia's largest publicly listed games developer, best known for its game Age of Darkness, announced that they will be opening a studio on Gold Coast in Queensland. Playside is still scoping out a location for their studio, but it is hopeful that it will be in operation by the end of March 2022. And while they haven't named an exact number of staff for the new studio, there are hopes in a few years' time it will match the Melbourne office at 100 employees. It also came out recently that Playside have signed an eight-figure work-for-hire agreement with 2K Games. The agreement will see the two companies working together over the next 23 months to develop a gaming franchise. 
Further details are not yet available, but it seems certain we can expect good things from Playside and the Queensland gaming scene in the coming years. Hideo Kojima opens movie studio. With the aim of expanding reach and awareness of their games, Kojima Productions has recently established a new division that will work on music, television, and film projects. The move seems overdue with Kojima's history of obsessing about cinema in his work and his personal life. Finding new ways to entertain, engage, and offer value to our fans is essential in a fast-moving, ever-changing storytelling world, Kojima Productions' Yoshiko Fukuda said. Our new division will take the studio into even more areas that present our creative narratives beyond video games and to open up ways for our fans to communicate and immerse themselves in these spaces. And now for some upcoming games releases. On November 26th, Date Night Bowling comes to PC and Switch. Night Lights comes to PlayStation, Xbox and Switch. On November 30th, Evil Genius 2 World Domination comes to the PlayStation and Xbox. Beyond a Steel Sky comes to the PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Clockwork Aquario comes to the Switch and PS4. Oddworld Soulstorm Enhanced Edition comes to the PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. And on December 2nd, you'll have the release of Mecha Jammer for Mac and PC. And that's all this week in gaming news. Thank you for that, Maylee. Uh, that was well presented. Uh, always a fan. <laughs> wow. We're going to start reviewing the newsreader each mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're, we're starting a new little mini segment where we're just like, hmm, uh, give that uh, seven news out of eight. Uh, but, <laughs> just, okay, enough okay. about <laughs> reviewing the news. Uh, mm-hmm. Let us review the news. Uh, Pokemon. Yeah, it is a game. It is, it a, is game. a game. It's doing pretty well. Uh, have either of you picked up a copy? I will be honest, I've never played that specific generation, and I, I quit, I, I came back in, I should say, I came back into Pokemon at black, mm-hmm. black and white, yeah. and I just, and I bought a gold, and I haven't touched anything else previous to that, and so this whole generation is just like, good work, thanks, have fun <laughs> playing that. It's you're not the target, I no. guess. Yeah. How about it is you, not Speaking of people that aren't the target, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, like, and I can't say anything. I like games that are often not major changes from previous iterations, and I have bought remakes before. But also, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not one to go to for the Pokemon chatter, really. Other than you know, I like talking about it on an industry level. I like talking about Game Freak as a company mm. and the very, very, very strange ma- moves and structures they make. Uh, but you know. It it seems like a competent remake of a popular Pokemon game. And that's my review. Um, uh, Pikachu out of Snorlax. That 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 makes three of us. Uh, <laughs> the target. However, in the coming weeks, we will have somebody who does enjoy it yeah, review it for who you. Who play the original? Um, yeah. The original was her first Pokemon game, I believe, and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that review because I think it'll be very interesting to see like how much nostalgia plays into it, and also just how much has changed. Mm. Look, I've been playing Billy Rainbow and the Curse of the Leviathan, as we all have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has some slight Pokemon um, influence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, you know, there's other stuff in the news we can talk about. <laughs> well, uh, look, I, I've got some 
some even more important news here. <gasps> oh, so uh, this morning, last night, uh, the Golden Joystick Awards happened, and we hey. all know how important award shows. Oh are. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's um, actually surprising that we don't have a dedicated episode. We the... we should definitely always be giving out awards that are very meaningful and scientifically uh, proven to mean something. Um, but this, sarcasm is real. This was the um, the the best thing I've seen an award show do. They decided to have some categories, and I don't believe they've had these before. They had Ultimate Game of the Year, which I guess is just a way of saying Game of the Year. That's mm-hmm. fine. Then Ultimate Hardware of All Time. Okay. okay. Which they gave to PC. Which all I, time? I guess. I, I guess it is the longest lasting and can play most of the other things too. But you know what? I'm putting my bet on a Nokia. I'm going to play date. Mm. Oh, oh, right, sure. yeah. Sure, 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 it got delayed, but I'm still coming. It's still, it's still coming. coming? Yeah, it's still coming. Uh-huh. One day. I don't care. It's already, like, it was designed to be an anachronistic system. It doesn't matter if it comes out in 10 years. It'll still just be as good. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then the most confusing one, Ultimate Game of All Time. Okay, and what one? They gave it to Dark Souls. I... It's an ultimate something. I mean, like, I really like Dark Souls. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, the thing is, is the category the is stupid. It doesn't it, like if you were to say the ultimate game of all time, how would you like? It's so meaningless. It's beyond anything. <laughs> if you okay, real quick. Okay. If you had to pick the ultimate game of all time, what would you pick? I'll pick Spyro. Uh, I'd have to go either something just core like Tetris or something just like origination, like Space War, like mm-hmm. the first game. Yeah, no, I was thinking. Well, we are of the same generation, so I was thinking back. <laughs> The origination point. Space War does predate both of us. Uh, (laughs) uh, Best, I don't know. What arbitrary value can I place upon a game that I have played? Hmm. Toby, let's just all agree it's the Outer Wilds, Mm. and I'll move on. If Uh, I played it, I might agree with you. (laughs) We're about to hop into an an interview uh, that Paul has put together with uh, Ren and Tim, who are the creators of Unpacking. So we're just going to dive right into that one. I'm here with Tim and Ren from Witchbeam, and we are here to talk about Unpacking today. Unpacking has been released now. Uh, I think it's safe to say it's been very well received generally. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. People seem to like it, it's, which is really nice. We get um, really lovely comments. Um, there's been good reviews. Uh, the thing that I love especially is like people reach out to us and say like thank you, which is very strange, um, but very exciting and like I don't know humbling uh, to, to hear someone like thank you for this experience that that you gave them. Yeah, we've had a like really good critical response. Like the reviews have just been really kind of what we would hope for. And then um, yeah, like we sold well enough. We were on the um, the like the top selling list of Steam for for some time. And they gave they even gave us a little um, little uh, daily feature thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at one point we were um, on Switch. We were on the charts high enough to be second of all software behind uh mario New mario party mario yeah. party yeah. yeah in australia and uh in the uk that was insane yeah we've since been overtaken by the um on switch over- overtaken by the uh grand theft auto uh definitive trilogy but i think people are going to learn their lesson um. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting the emotional response people have had for a game that has no real visible characters and 
almost no text, simply telling, being told through objects. It's quite a new form of storytelling. So interestingly, you know, this is this is what unpacking was supposed to be from mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, we just wanted you to take things out of boxes and find places for them to go and put them away properly. Um, <laughs> properly is is the thing that changed a little bit, like what properly counted as. So in the beginning, we had uh, kind of stricter rules about where you could place things, and we loosened those as we realized that this is not a game about where Ren and Tim like leaving things. It's uh, it's about where anyone likes to, to leave their things. And um, we couldn't be, like, too picky. You know, we, we needed to give people room to, to play and explore and customize. The, the narrative uh, part was kind of interesting because we had this idea at, from the beginning of like you can tell a lot about someone from the items they own. So we definitely, yeah, we always wanted to leverage that and gonna go in for that. But I guess we weren't entirely sure how well it would work. Like that was, and I, yeah, I, I think questioning your game design from the start is a really good place to be. Like you should create these gates in your mind where you say, okay, if my idea is a good idea, if we build this much, I should have these feelings. I should get this feedback from it. And then you build that much. And if you don't get those feedback, uh, if you don't get those feelings from it, then it means that your prediction is off and you need to reassess that. It doesn't mean your whole prediction is right, but it means part of your prediction is right if, if you do get that right. So like, so when we started building this kitchen, you're like, you should be able to tell something about the person who owns this kitchen just by unpacking a kitchen. Mm. And yeah, that was totally the case. Like this is our first level, our prototype level. And people were already like questioning who this person is. Why do they have all these, all these matching red plates? What does that say about them? Oh, they've got a red matching toaster. That, that communicates something about them. Oh, they've got these items. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have bought that. They've got a coffee press. Oh, I, I don't use a French press. I don't like instant coffee or whatever it is. People having these like reactions to it that meant they were actually they were already thinking of the person's possessions as a person, mm-hmm. and so we knew from early on that it worked, and we kept following it, but also always kept doubting it. Um, <laughs> if that makes sense, I, I think that's a really healthy way to make games is to always be questioning. Like, I remember at one point I was saying like, what if people just like unpacking kitchens? What if that's <laughs> what if that's what we cottoned onto, and we've and the moment we make a non-kitchen level, it just crashes and burns. And then we made a kids' room and people like that, right? Yeah, and then we were like, oh, well, they like the kids' room because of the nostalgia. So that that makes sense. But what if, you know, our our plan for the next level was to have three rooms, a whole apartment. What if that just gets really tedious and people don't like it? What if they don't like unpacking the same some of the same items from before, even though this is how we want to tell our story? And what if our story doesn't even come through? What if people don't get it? Because really, like, interestingly, when we did our first um, level, our first, uh, sorry, prototype, which was just this kitchen, um, we weren't really doing much storytelling with it. Like, there were some elements that that people, uh, you know, got info about the characters from, but we couldn't really show story progression until we had more than one level uh, and until we had, like, a sequence of levels. Mm -hmm. So for, I think, the first like year and a half of development or something we actually hadn't proven that the storytelling would work i played through the game and i've returned to it several times now because it is full of 
I'm, I'm going to say pointless detail, but it's not pointless. It's all building something. One of the things I had noticed was uh, the time of day changing as clocks progress. And I asked Tim about how that functionally worked. And that's, uh, you gave me a little tidbit about your favorite pointless detail that was in the game. Oh, right. Yeah, mm. yeah. So there's a cassette player and it can be rotated uh, four, four ways. So it can like aim, you can look at the back of the cassette player and um, wanted it to sound muffled when it was facing away. Um, so Jeff, Jeff hooked up like the audio, because we're using, we're using Wise audio engine, which is yeah. normally used to power like giant AAA games. And we're, we're like using it for this. Um, and uh, so, so Jeff had all kinds of bells and whistles at his disposal. Like each room has, um, has re- its reverb set up. So you can like, as you're picking up and putting down items, it will bounce and echo slightly differently based on whether there's carpet or tiles and all this kind of stuff. But also if you turn the cassette player around, yeah, it'll sound noticeably more muffled until you turn it back the right way. I have to issue a correction. I'm pretty sure this is not Tim's favorite pointless detail. Oh, Tim's actual favorite pointless detail. And Tim, correct me if I'm wrong. Tim's actual favorite pointless detail is that um, if you put um, a postcard on a, um, uh, what's it called, on a pin board, and uh, like it it gets pins in different colors, Mm. and if you uh, take it off the pin board, put it somewhere flat, and then put it back, it gets pins in different colors. Like, the pin colors change, and you can uh, keep doing that to get pins just exactly just the, the right color you that you want yeah. and they persist like uh if you if you leave the level right who am i to take that away from them like- tim built an entire system for those those pins and magnets and it's amazing now this may be another correct me if i'm wrong thing but the autobiographical content of this game i'm pretty sure i've seen you wear some of those dresses friend some of that style <laughs> seemed very you so interestingly, that's like the uh, one of the other characters. It's not the main character. Mm. Uh, so a secondary character has my dresses, but most of me I put in the main character. So the game is full of bits and pieces of me and Tim and our other team members and friends of ours. We constructed these characters, and these characters are their own individuals, mm. um, but uh, n- they're not us. Yeah, so they have elements of us because we felt like that helps make them more real. Mm. But it's, it's not good to work from your own experiences. And exactly. Everything. Like, yeah. I wanted to tell a story about domestic environments because I didn't want to research a ton. <laughs> 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 no, I wanted to tell a story about something that's familiar to me because I felt like that's, that's where I can tell a good story. Um, is there anything in the project that you were really pushing for or really would have liked to implement that either just was out of scope or didn't work. One of the ideas I kind of wanted to go with was uh, them getting a cat at one point. Oh, yes. Um, and my, 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 my vision for it was that it would be an item that you could pick up. You could just pick up the cat and put it down on whichever surface you wanted and they'd just loaf there. <laughs> and its trick, though, would be, and maybe if you right-clicked on it, it would meow, and the trick was anytime you left the room, it could relocate itself to anywhere it wanted. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like Cheshire Cat movement. So you'd never see it walk around, but you'd come back and you'd find it sitting on a box or something. You, know, yeah. that you need to open, you're like, get off, get off the thing, move on to the couch. Uh, and it's like, we really liked the idea, but it was definitely at the point at that time, it was definitely feeling like too much to do. Yeah, but as you can tell, this is a lot of new features, um, mm. and like technical. The, uh, features just to introduce essentially one item. 
one important item, but it's like <laughs> it's very it 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 would have been like you know um, months of work or at least a month of work full time just to get a cat in the game. Well, um, thank you very much for joining us today, Tim and Rent. It's lovely being chatting. Uh, uh, unpacking is available now on. All, all personal it's computer-based platforms, Switch and Xbox platforms. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, past me. Very well interviewed. Um, now, uh, for, if you want to listen to the full unedited audio from that interview, uh, you can go onto the Zed Games Facebook page or their website, gamesau.net, uh, and that'll be going up later this evening. And we're going to hop into a review by our very own Toby. Book of Travels, Chapter Zero, released into early access October 12th, 2021, after first being teased in July 2019. My interest was spurred after including it in my top picks from E3 of this year. Okay, let me start this review with a premise that I really, really wanted to like this game. The snaps that I saw, the sounds, the idea of it being my first tiny multiplayer online role-playing game, I thought it would tick all my boxes. Visually, Book of Travels is stunning. What feels like a 2D watercolour world when you first step into it turns into a creation of picturesque landscapes and exquisite vistas. This is a world that I have literally sat on the edge of a lake or river and just watched the twinkling of reflected light of fires and fairies. Upon loading in, you start Book of Travels by choosing your race background, personality, skills, appearance, equipment, and name. If you've ever played Dungeons and & Dragons and created a character, you will find a lot of these familiar, as each step moulds the character you will not only play, but also roleplay. Your race, which the game calls Forms, will dictate how you look and your base talent pool. Your personality is chosen through a set of two traits, such as optimistic, vigilant, and practical, which give you specific buffs, and one forced debuff trait, such as moody, dyslexic, and uncaring, all of which affect the talents you choose in skills. These talents are sociality, physicality, spirituality, and mechanics, and are the main abilities utilized in this game to get information, tinker with things, gain buffs at temples, or just brute force your way through your life. Honestly, most other steps in the character creation are roleplay focused and aesthetics. And for those not in the MMORPG world, the aesthetics of your character are the bonds you make between your avatar and your soul in long-term play. So have fun and make it well. And a tip. While all that is fun, I really recommend rolling your equipment repeatedly until you get a lamp of some sort, because you're going to need it. Then, you are dropped into a world where you can't read the signs, notes are left as knots, and you figure out the rest. And figure it out you must. This is a game that doesn't just encourage discovery, it forces it upon you. Not much is explained in-game, leaving you to discover everything in a world where you don't even know how to read in early game. 
It also has no in-game quest tracking slash notepad, making you either rely on your own fallible memory or making you reach out for the archaic pen and paper to take notes. This will mean that you spend most of your early game scavenging for items, trading goods and testing out your abilities, which you will need to purchase using your trading skills. Look, in the end you just need to wander aimlessly to discover how this game works. Unless you run into another person. The most fulfilling moment I had while playing this game was meeting someone who wanted to travel together. This was beneficial to both of us, for while I had chosen to be a religious missionary from faraway lands and therefore had the defensive skills of a wet fish, they were leveled up in strength and could protect me from lurking bandits. This meant that when we did things together my abysmal physical strength could just tip the scales leading to more valuable item finds, and my spiritual skills could buff them at temple nodes, leading to me suddenly feeling like nothing more than a stat stick they were carrying around. To it, after utilising my skills, they abruptly disconnected, leaving me alone in a field of flowers staring into the ocean, waiting for their return. And where my character still stands to this day, left between bandits and the fear of the unknown. But at least I was serenaded too well. The soundscapes in this game are beautiful. The music is both written and performed by Joseph Tulsa and Retro Family. This is complemented marvellously by the atmospheric soundscapes of Travelling. I cannot fault this game for its audio or visual prowess. It really is amazing. However, this is an early access game and comes with some early access caveats. The first of these is that I'm unsure if it was my latency or a game feature, but when activating something it would regularly take between 1-3 to three seconds to register. While this wasn't groundbreaking, it did have me second guessing what I was able to do. I also earlier mentioned that you will need a lamp. This is because the day-night cycle is currently bound to Greenwich Mean Time, meaning most of the time you load up here in Down Underland you will be spending time stumbling around in the dark, missing some of the vibrancy that this game has to offer. This is also a game that would really benefit from a PDF instruction manual, or even a physical one with a notebook at the back. If I had a spare 40 hours a week to lose myself in this game, I can see the ability to really get lost in the world Might and Delight have created in Book of Travels, but I honestly don't have time for that anymore, and I can't justify the combined price tag of about $90 for the two copies you would need to play with a friend. When it hits a 50% off special, I say go for it and go hard, because this game could be great and only promises to get better. that toby yeah it was um, good tobying yeah it was to- it, there, there was a toby it was a classic toby i uh, will i do need to mention quickly that yeah, yeah. i there was something that i didn't mention in the review and i realized after i'd recorded it there is no voice chat and there is no word chat you literally oh. talk in emoticons okay oh, so okay. me finding that person was me going question mark friend <laughs> kind of thing well that can be quite charming because like i remember when i played journey yep. you just had little you have your chirps you have your little chirps yeah. and mm. you you know you would sort of run around in circles and do little hops and it was like yeah. well okay you I'm... work out your own communication yeah because yeah. there's a few games that have done sort of an emoji or emoticon or mm. whatever you want to think about it uh, hieroglyphic to a degree yeah and you design your own language. It also means that they can make the games language agnostic. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter who you're talking to because you're mm-hmm. talking in pictures. And yeah. um, that that was fine to create a create a quick friendship, but that quick friendship took a lot of long a lot of time of just yeah. walking around going, hey, do you, do you, I don't know what to do. Do you want it? And there's yeah. no way of saying I have no idea. You lead the way. And since MMOs are 
inherently social as their concept, it's hard to do you have a tight social bond with that. It's great yeah. for like a three hour long game yeah, like Journey yeah, or yeah. something. But probably when you've put in your hundredth hour and yeah. you want to work out who in the guild can raid tonight. <laughs> um it's probably a, even harder. Well, a the, there is a maximum of seven people able to get onto any server at one uh-huh. time. So you're lucky if you run into one person. I was very excited in your review when you said you met someone because you spoke <laughs> to me before and I, and you were having you were struggling with the game yep. and I was like, well, what are, how, what's it like with other people? And you're like, I haven't seen another person in this MMO. It <laughs> is lucky that you did manage to run into someone. Yeah, and they were nice. Well, they were nice for a period of time. Their, yeah. their emojis were nice at least. Are, yeah, and they used you any, as a stat boost. Well, mm-hmm. are there any mean emojis? Uh, not really. Oh, like you can cry and you can just go but uh, farewell. <laughs> <laughs> But you do fa- farewell before you shoot someone yeah. with a crossbow in a game. Like, eh. mm, it's like, yeah. that's your passive aggressiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's aggressive aggressiveness, actually. <laughs> no, more aggressive. And you create parties just by hanging around with each other for a while. Oh, yeah. And when you move to a new area, you can go, move with party or alone. So you can mm. literally just go, no, I'm going to go away now. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's always rough when you, like, you review a game and it's like, look... I, I, it's still a game that I would recommend people who have free time to put into it to try out. But it is, and from what I've read, because of the fact, the way that they're actually developing the game, the longer you wait to buy it, the more that they're going to charge for it. Oh. Yeah. So well, they, they better justify it. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a strategy that can very easily backfire. Oh, yeah. I... Yeah, I don't love that. But you know what I do love? We are coming to the end of the evening here at Zed Games. Um, An easy out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Toby, Paul, how are you both doing tonight? Having a wonderful time. Yeah? It's gaming fun. Gaming fun. Yes. Speaking of gaming fun, what mm-hmm. have you been playing recently? I've been playing a couple of things. Well, I'm always playing lots of things. <laughs> I can't help myself. Um, I got the Switch port of Death's Door. Uh, oh, yeah. which was uh, sent to me by PR, just always good to put out there. Uh, I just wanted to compare the port of it because it's one of the best games of the year. It's mm-hmm. very solid. Um, the Switch port's wonderful, runs really smoothly, haven't had any hitches at it at all. So oh, that's, always that's nice. It's always good because you never yeah. know how the Switch port's going to turn out for things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, my guide is not even having to check. If someone sends you something when you ask for a port, it's like, oh, they must be confident then. Oh. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't send it to you. <laughs> Oh god, that reminds me of the port for um, GTA on the Switch. Oh, no, we're not talking about. I mean, just that. All, we're not talking everywhere. about that. We're yeah, that. we did a whole episode. I, I can't believe that there's trilogy. texture glitches in that one as Look, well. My favorite oh. bug in GTA trilogy is yeah. the wiggle bug, which is when the you wiggles dri- appear. You no, know, driving along, you just oh. start wiggling side to side, wiggle, 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 and slowly the car just starts to grow bigger. <laughs> Um, apparently there's some prerequisites to make it happen like it's not a big deal but it does look hilarious because it's it's subtle enough that when it's first happening you're like is anything happening I don't know and then suddenly you realise the car is two lanes wide and the (laughs) wheels are oblong and it's always like this is very funny Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) how about about you Toby me well I've I've been playing Book of Travels but I've also been uh, playing Animal Crossing again you've been playing I know you've been playing um, unpacking the prequel but in real life. Yeah, no, we're, I'm, I'm back in the house. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Animal Crossing, um, I'm trying to, I reset my island just before all of the DLC was announced. Yeah. And so now I have to build all of that back up. And so I've been doing that slowly but surely. 
basically I, I reached like end game animal crossing i'm like oh good now i've got everything i'm gonna wipe my island and go and that was just the end of it yeah <laughs> um i've also been playing animal crossing mm-hmm. uh, my thoughts on that are clear froggy chair is back big fan of that um but it is uh it's actually time for us to say goodbye no yeah i'm yeah. fine with that it is uh, time to say farewell. Farewell. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Zed Games. If you'd like to listen to more, check out our podcast on Spotify. Or follow us on social media at ZEDGamesAU. See, See you next time. time.